Welcome to our second episode of After the Bell Extra Credit. I'm Ilona. I'm joined with my colleagues, Carlene and Nicole, and today's going to be exciting as we continue to build on this creative process by bringing in our first guest. Since all three of us work as teacher mentors with Edmonton Public Schools, we're going to start out our second episode the same way that we launched our first, which is with our Ask a Mentor segment. Now, if all of us were to categorize all of our mentee questions this year, the most often asked would be about technology. As mentors, we've really tapped into technology to support our mentees, especially during this time of in-person and online learning. You know, who knew that Google Meets would be my new best friend? And that we can still build meaningful relationships and provide timely feedback to our mentees via this platform is really just fantastic. But before I invite you in, Nicole and Carlene, here's our Ask a Mentor question that landed for today. How can I still access mentorship this year, given our current context? Well, Ilona, um, I have had the honor of connecting with our mentees using Google Meet. And what they do is they just put their cameras with their webcams, look in the classroom, or they have their Chromebook or iPad set up. And then I can have an insider view of what's going on in their classrooms. And then after we have that virtual live stream visit, we can have a conversation about whatever they want to reflect on, whether it's classroom management, planning, pacing, and we're able to really hone in. And even though I'm not there, I'm able to really connect with the teachers in a way that's safe. You know, we're really concerned about respecting the pandemic and the fact that we can be a potential spreader if we're moving from a school to school. So mm-hmm. we're no longer going, going to the classrooms, but we're in the schools virtually using live stream. And I can do great mentoring and have great coaching conversations doing those virtual visits. Yes. And of course, uh, we also want to mentor our online colleagues. And so one of the things that I found myself doing is I've been jumping into a lot of online classrooms. And uh, there's so many different options as to how we can work together. So sometimes I'm a quiet observer and I'll find students going, hey, who's this Carlene chick in our class? (laughs) And and I'll just say, hey, I'm a teacher and I'm here to watch uh, some things happen uh, with, let's say, Pear Deck or something like that. And they're like, okay, welcome. And uh, things carry on as usual. And then sometimes uh, one of the things that we can do is I can offer a mentor lesson. So I can model some of the things that I uh, have found to be quite useful in a classroom, especially working with engagement or getting people to participate in a different kind of way. And so um, no matter what we do, we can circle back and have a really reflective conversation afterwards Uh, The thing that really strikes me is that every virtual community is unique. Teachers have done such an interesting thing in their classroom to create their own culture and routines. And I'm just so proud uh, that our division teachers are exploring new technologies and processes 
that really support those pedagogical practices that we're so desperately trying to preserve or at least replicate in some way while we're in a yeah. virtual space. And so the bottom line is uh, being a mentor has uh, been really fantastic during this time because I feel like I'm right in there learning alongside everyone else. And mm. I've been stretched yeah. and I've learned a lot. Every time I jump into a classroom, I learn something new. And I just want to say thank you to our tips team. You're going to hear about them pretty soon, but I've leaned on them heavily. I have accessed their after school specials and jumped into their learning opportunities. So um, we're, we're all in this together, I guess. Definitely. Thank you. So as many of our mentees continue to explore questions and, you know, really bring forth their curiosities around the whole impact that technology has on teaching and learning and on best practices, we want to welcome our first guest, Blaith Evans, to address some of these big ideas with us today. So Blythe is a very exciting person and we are so happy to have her as a division colleague. So I'm going to describe her as this. Okay, ready? Blythe is a mom, a mountain bike coach, and a dog lover. So welcome. And so we're just going to start out in a really easy way. Can you tell us about yourself? And how did you end up here in your career? Well, good morning, everyone. And thank you so much for inviting me here to connect with the three of you, but with also your larger audience of teachers. Um, first and foremost, um, I am a teacher. I am trained as an elementary teacher and spent the majority of my career teaching grade one, uh, which I call the Mount Everest of elementary school. Um, as you see, those little learners learn more than they ever will in a very short time span. And that experience as uh, an early teacher really built my love of learning um, for myself and for others. And so my goal every day is to be inspired by those around me and by learning and by opportunities, and then to pay that forward and to inspire others. So how did I end up here? Um, well, it was a journey, which is fantastic with our, our career in education. Uh, from teaching grade one, um, I actually spent some time as an ed tech lead, which is a fantastic role that we still have in our schools. Um, and I still work with those ed tech leads in fostering uh, leadership with technology in all of our schools. Uh, then I spent some time as an assistant principal um, and teaching grade six, and so really got to learn about school context as well as catchment work. Um, and from there, moved into doing some research and consulting work around student assessment. Um, so then merged my love of pedagogy and assessment with technology and landed here as a TIPS team member, uh, working for Division Technology and supporting teachers with technology integration. Wow. That is a fantastic career. And I love the fact that we can see that there's so many opportunities, not only within our own division, but just within our own profession that we can grow and stretch and do so many different things within our careers. So thank you for that. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about just our division and what you've seen during this time of COVID-19. Um, what have you really learned from teachers? as they've had to face this really wild ride? 
A wild ride is right. If I look back <laughs> on the past year, as we just celebrated the one year of being at home or being in this different teaching and learning environment, um, I've had an opportunity con to connect with a number of teachers um, through sessions or in small group meets uh, or through email. Um, and what I've really learned about teachers is that they are dedicated, driven individuals who will always do what's best for their students. Even in times of chaos, they were trying and changing and reflecting and always wanting to connect back, really knowing that relationship was at the heart of their work um, yes. and, and being willing to just try. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And from there, feeling all the frustrations of the unknown um, and things working and things not working and everything changing, um, but really that teachers are reflective and they'll always start from where they're at and mm. just, you know, reach out and learn a little bit and then move forward and just keep inching forward. And over the past year, that model has really shown tremendous growth, not just in technology integration, but in teaching in general. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really proud to be um, associated with teachers in general and certainly teachers uh, in our division. I think that it's great. And I remember when we first got, you know, flung into our homes, I watched YouTube videos of people teaching in their showers. Uh, I'm sure they've gone on to Jamboard or something else. But people really did jump in with where they're at and, and thinking about yeah. how they can teach those concepts. So it's been really interesting to look at. Um, yeah. So let's dive into this notion of online learning. Uh, what are some misunderstandings that people have about online learning? That's a really great question, Carlene, as, as we face a lot of what feels like chaos um, and trying to take what we know and what we have done, but fitting it into a new context. Um, and so this idea that um, you can just use what you already have doesn't quite fit. Um, instead, thinking about what do we as teachers know about teaching and about connecting, and then thinking about how to do it differently. And so when I think about this, I put the skills necessary into two categories and think about with technology integration, what is procedural? So what are those transactional operational things that just have to happen every day? And yes, we can use the in-person um, things that we did as a model, but now how do I gain the skills to do that in an online world? So as mm -hmm. I mentioned in the intro, now Google Meet was the norm. I used to stand <laughs> at my door and give my kids high fives and handshakes as they came into the classroom and I took yeah. attendance really quickly. Now I have to do that in a Google Meet. And so what mm -hmm. does that look like? And just working through those transactional procedural pieces, that alone is a great deal of learning and can cause yes. some stress. Mm -hmm. And then that can get in the way of the bigger learning. And so if we take care of those low level things first and feel really comfortable and confident, then there's space to then think about uh, the concepts in the curriculum and how do we then apply those in a digital world. So then looking deeper into our Google Apps, for instance, of how do we build conceptual understanding in a collaborative shared digital space. Um, and so that's the bigger work. And so I feel like we've, we're, we're hitting the ground running with the procedural. We're much more confident. Teachers are feeling like, yes, I can do this. And yeah. now, uh, you know, a lot of teachers have already started on how do I engage meaningfully around curriculum with my mm. students? Yeah. 
So if we take a look at making those dis distinctions, what are the similarities between the online learning and in-person teaching that we can really hold on to? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's that bridging effect? What's the yeah. old saying of same, same, but different? Okay, so if we think about as teachers, what what are the strengths that we have from our, our understanding of teaching and learning? And I always go back to the learning cycle of what are those key elements that students need in order to have lasting long-term learning? And so we mm -hmm. think about um, encoding. Students still need to be engaging with new concepts, new information, building new skills. So how am I directly providing that content for them, whether that's in a video or directly in a Google Meet or maybe in a small group meet, maybe it's websites. So lots of digital engagement there as well as personal engagement. And then yes. they need time and space to consolidate. So just like you would in person, still doing that in an online environment. How are they hooking that new knowledge on with their old existing knowledge and then making meaning of it. Uh, so discussions, dialogue, projects, uh, collaborative work. And then finally, how are they then retrieving that um, new information, that new learning out of memory so that it has a memory trace that lasts over time. And so retrieval practice. Um, and then that, of course, builds in the opportunity for feedback. So often um, I use the, the dichotomy of a vacuum and a vortex where teachers mm. are surrounded by so much feedback from their students all day long in an in-person environment. And what they struggle with in an online environment is there's like a vacuum of feedback. If I can't yeah, see my yeah. students' body language, if I can't see their faces, if I can't hear those little cues or have that natural, authentic conversation then we, we get into this unknowing land of do my students know? Can they express what they know? And so that's a big mm. struggle um, and really a place yeah. to dig into next as we think about, okay, we've got the procedural, where do we focus our energy for the conceptual? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when people come to you then, um, obviously they're looking for some information. So can we just dive into what are the suggestions you would give a teacher about how to integrate technology into their practice with students? Absolutely. And first and foremost, just know that you're not alone. Yeah. I want people to know. <laughs> Very I know important. Yeah, you, yeah. we're you, here. You're place. there. We're all here. Yep. Yeah. There is mm -hmm. so much support and people like you folks as mentors, um, but all over the division, people want to connect. And that's, you know, right from the beginning when I say teachers are driven to do the best for their students, they're also driven to connect and they want that meaningful connection. So I think about how are we creating equitable collaboration for all of our teachers? Um, and from there, thinking about um, perhaps some levels of your, your next steps in learning. So is it training that you need um, with, um, you know, those skills and um, understanding the apps that are available within our division? Um, and then thinking about some professional uh, development where maybe it's tied into your school goals and maybe some colleagues are working on it with you where um, you're taking that training and putting it into your teaching. But then next level of professional learning. So how else are you engaging with your own purpose? What drives, 
what are you curious about and how can you dig in with Mm -hmm. some articles or some research or connecting with experts and thinking about what fits for you in your life right now and knowing that all three of those options are available and then whatever spot you choose choose to dig into be willing to try and fall on your face yeah and and been there I don't know Yeah. yeah me too all the time oh yes being vulnerable to to have those moments and if that's with your students fantastic some teachers are willing to do that to take on a new app a new uh, platform and just say hey kids we're trying this out today and it might go horribly wrong Mm -hmm. oh well (laughs) you know like that art lesson that went "Ooh, that's just gonna go in the recycle bin (laughs) um yeah technology, technology is the same However, if you're not comfortable to fail with your students, then finding some colleagues or maybe it's some family members, heck, maybe it's your stuffies or your your dog at home, but somebody to practice with and fail. Um, We need that feedback with technology integration to know that it's Mm -hmm. a space. And then once you've kind of decided on your next step with training or PD or, or learning, you've given some tries and you've failed and you've gotten some feedback, then prioritizing what are the topics uh, that are going to make a difference for you. And so I always like to highlight a few. First and foremost is digital citizenship. With all of our students now spending much more time um, in an online world, we need to be explicit with our teaching of how they do that to be safe, to be responsible, to be respectful. And as teachers, providing an opportunity for them to engage. We need to go beyond just talking about digital citizenship to actually doing digital citizenship. And when you're ready, finding that golden opportunity to to reach out and stretch and do something innovative um, for the purpose of connecting or making a difference or having a bigger audience. Um, And so thinking about how to provide those just right opportunities that are safe, that are moderated, and that fit with your next steps with technology learning. So a couple of other thoughts of big topics to take on, of course, um, engagement mm-hmm. of how are we yes. connecting and, and reaching all of our learners, as we know, some are struggling to engage, but we know that engagement makes a difference in their ability to perform at their full potential. And so those connection pieces, mm-hmm. um, I already mentioned kind of some mm-hmm. things around the learning cycle. So really digging into pedagogy and how are we ensuring that we're meeting the rigor of the curriculum. Um, assessment as well as mentioned with the feedback and how are we shifting from in-person to online feedback digital feedback the idea then too that if feedback is digital we can archive it and really create through lines there from our formative feedback and our summative assessments into our evaluation and with some effort up front we can um streamline the efforts around um, evaluation and reporting and hopefully uh, decrease the workload eventually. That's a big, yes. goal. <laughs> a big goal. Yeah, um, that's a big one. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, um, because we are in Edmonton Public, and I know our audience for this is larger, but um, the idea of balancing new and novel concepts. So um, picking when is the just right time to introduce new technology. Um, And starting with our division provided platforms, uh, which in our division is Google, that keeps our data safe, keeps our students in a place that they all have access and is familiar. And then deciding when you might take on a third party app. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. always thinking about where does the technology fit with the curriculum and the pedagogy. Thank you. When when people come to you, Blythe, um, how do you know <laughs> what you're doing is working? You know, that's a, a really interesting mm-hmm. question that I have. And teachers are really curious about how do I know I found that sweet spot? And do I need to shift? Because you talked about consistency versus novel. And there's that desire to keep trying the newest, the most innovative right. piece. So. Um, how do you right, know when, right. when what you're doing is is working? Yeah, absolutely. Always stopping to be reflective. We're really at a time right now in technology where ideas and platforms and opportunities are diverging. We were a few years in a space of things converging, but really now this pandemic has accelerated um, ideas and uh, ways to think about teaching and learning in an online world. Um, And so really always stopping and thinking about comfort levels and competencies um, and taking feedback from your students about where are they, what's working, having those conversations, even though you feel like you're rushed to, to fit in curriculum, but really we are setting precedent for process in education going forward. And so we can stop now and just have those deeper conversations about what's working, what's not working, what do you need, um, then we can be more purposeful as we move forward. For us as a TIPS team, um, we we talk regularly about our interactions with teachers to um, fully digest what is working and what isn't working and what supports are needed. Um, Every time we have events, we are collecting formal feedback through surveys, We look at stats of documents and sessions um, provided Mm -hmm. that we are trying to always be responsive to what teachers are needing as well as we look back but look forward and try to, and I say try to, anticipate (laughs) what might be coming next because that's really hard right now. Really hard. (laughs) It's so tricky. But I will give a plug for my team. Um, And if you are looking for more resources, whether that's for training or professional development, or perhaps some professional learning, uh, do head to our website uh, where we do have uh, a number of resources there for you, as well as uh, sessions and different ways to connect. Um, And we do have ed tech leads at our schools. So every one of our schools in the division Mm -hmm. has an ed tech lead. If you haven't connected with that person yet, be sure to seek them out on staff as they get regular communication from us. And they are a great way uh, to build your skills and make that relationship right in your school environment. Mm-hmm. And an incredible awesome. support system. We've all used your team and uh, we're so oh, yes. lucky to Absolutely. be able to have you on speed dial. Um, but also <laughs> uh, I know that people have really accessed uh, a lot of your archive videos and newsletters and things like that to help yep. them out in such a timely way. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is the most important work for you right now? Because you are talking about anticipating. And so <laughs> what's on that leading edge for you or your team? Yeah, big work to anticipate. And um, my thinking around that is that change happens person to person. Mm, and so yeah. I'd love mm-hmm. to put on my business card, professional dot connector. Like I just sit and play <laughs> dot to dot games and make a little farmer with a pig. But no, um, 
I connect person to person. Um, and yeah. thinking about um, that concept, like I mentioned there, equitable collaboration, and how can we make sure that every teacher, mm. every student is connected in a way that is meaningful for them. Um, and so, you know, we, we don't know what we don't well, hang on. I don't know what we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yep. The idea that we can't get the help we need um, because we are still anticipating what help we need. Um, exactly. And so, just uh, yes. and the only way we can unearth that is to just keep connecting with one another, keep having these conversations Absolutely. like you guys are having right here. Yes. The value of this yep. podcast is tremendous in just making those connections and thinking forward. Mm-hmm. And, Thank you know, it's that. really interesting, too. I, I think for our division, uh, we our team has to think about how our platform is going to stay the same and change. And it's really yeah. interesting because some of the things that we've been experimenting with as far as our l- online virtual learning activities that we've been hosting and promoting and offering mm-hmm. um, really align with adult learning theory. And so there's lots of things that we are really paying attention to because we don't necessarily need to just, you know, do the snap back. I think that that term is being used in lots of different places, but there's so many things that Mm -hmm. we can keep and really make some really key decisions on, move things forward uh, in a way that's not being reactive just as reactive as when we got flung home, we don't mm. want to get flung <laughs> forward without taking uh, what we've learned forward in a good way. Exactly. We yeah. need to set aside time yeah. to reflect. Right. And so yeah. we really have appreciated our time with you. And I just have one little question for you that um, we're going to start, uh, I think, a little trend. Um, <laughs> and I love it. What is one thing you wish you knew when you started teaching? Oh my, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> my, uh, my division uh, acknowledgement there. Um, when I started teaching, I thought um, that my job was to teach. And now I understand that my work is to learn. And that I can see mm. my classroom and my students as, um, as research in action. And I always want to be learning about learning, whether that's um, my own learning Mm. or the ways in which I can help others learn or helping students ultimately to be the guide of their own learning. Um, That way, the Mm. opportunity they have right now with endless access to knowledge, um, if I can empower them to learn about learning, then the the sky's the limit. Amazing. So thanks so much Mm. for coming. Blythe, you have said so many great things, and I'm sure our listeners are going to be coming back and re-listening to this episode because it has been so full of ideas and insight. I was reflecting on my biggest takeaways when we were talking, and I really appreciated that when you talked about the vacuum and the vortex with feedback. And I feel that as humans, we are missing that feedback piece. We're missing people's smiles of acknowledgement. We're missing people's in-person high fives. And, you know, that teacher sense that we get when we're with the students in person and we are sensing, okay, this person's really getting it. Or, oh, no, they're missing out. 
you know, just based on their body language or facial expressions, those things are giving us feedback about our relationships, our students' learning, and our teaching. I also connected to when you talked about what you wish you knew about being a teacher. And you wish that you knew that being a teacher is being a learner. And I believe that that's the best position to be in, especially during a pandemic. We teachers are always learning, and that's what makes this career so exciting. We appreciate you coming to our second episode of After the Bell Extra Credit. We want to make sure that our listeners know that they can connect with Blythe and the TIPS team through their website or through email. Both will be listed in the show notes. They have many excellent resources that can augment how you use technology in your classrooms. And I think that there might be some questions or comments that came to mind as you were listening to the podcast. Please share them with us at teacherinduction at epsb.ca. You can find that email address in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to go back to listen to episode one and please subscribe and share with your friends. Stay connected, find your joy, and we will see you next time on After the Bell Extra Credit. Mm -hmm.